You know John Lennon. Yeah, sure, he's a president before Lincoln. Lennon said, I'm an artist. You give me a fucking tuber, I'll get you something out of it. I tell you, Mr. Costello, I'd like to squeeze some fucking money out of it. Smart now. Too bad. The Lifers Podcast with Scott Lucas, Gabe Rodriguez, and Ben Reiser. And now, here's Scott, Gabe, and Ben. Gabe, who do we have on the show tonight? Who do we have on the show tonight? An old, an old pal from way, way back. This who's, is like one of those Carson things. No, no, no. This no, is no, like no, one no, of those no. Johnny Carson, like the great <laughs> Carsoni or whatever his name is. <laughs> She's not old, but uh, Tamar Burke. The name Tamar may not Burke. sound familiar to some people in the in the audience, but you're going to get to know her. I really like the way Gabe is settling into this new role that we've assigned. <laughs> and, you know, it's not, it's not one of these things that we like, uh, you know, it, it's going to be a shock to people that listen to the show. We don't have meetings about where the show is going to go, but, but I, I do love Gabe getting into this. Yeah. Great. Carsenio. Is that what you called him? Ben? It's not Carsenio. Carsenio like- is the SNL character, right? Uh, I don't know. That's not that's not what I'm trying to do, is it? No, what you're trying to do is pretend that you don't know who's on the show. Carnac, Carnac, Carnac. Yes. <laughs> I thought but, I was supposed to be Ed McMahon, not Johnny. Oh, no, you're supposed to be Ed McMahon. Yes, I was supposed to be Jerry. I mean Johnny. <laughs> do you remember, Gabe? Remember the time you were dating that girl? And uh, we had a Seinfeld moment, you and I, and you were George and I was Jerry. And like, I was saying something, we were at dinner. I think it was a restaurant across the street from Lounge Jacks. And she got up to go to the bathroom and she goes to the bathroom and Gabe goes to me. He goes, hey, cool it. What's going on? He's like, stop being so funny. I'm being funny. He goes, you're very funny. Just stop it, okay? You know what you're doing. Stop it. I feel like I'm George Costanza here, and you're Jerry Seinfeld. I'm like, I'm Jerry Seinfeld? He's like, I don't give a fuck how cool you think it is. Just shut up. And then she comes out of the bathroom, and she's like, what are you two talking about? There's nothing. <laughs> Sit down, eat your food. You remember that, Gabe? You you remember this in a different way than I do. Okay, what, how do you remember it? <clears throat> I was... Karnak? I, I was... Uh... <laughs> 
I was exaggerating by mimicking the show Seinfeld in uh-huh. in a way that was funny. I was being funny by being talking about you being funny. Or maybe there wasn't, I'm there being was funny, no, but was talking about you of, being funny, talking about me being funny. But Gabe, you're <laughs> saying there was not a kernel of truth in what you were saying? Like you were not aggravated at all? This was Thank all you, shtick? Ben. But that's what made it so funny. Because I was riffing off of the premise of the Seinfeld episode that you know, was happening you know in real what life. wasn't riffing off the premise of that Seinfeld episode? The <laughs> flop sweat coming down from the top of your hair. I've the, never been accused of having flop sweat. The keen no. desperation in your eyes. No, you keep saying I was... the bathroom going... No. You keep saying thing. I was dating. I wasn't dating. It was just hanging out. No big deal. Oh, really? Hanging out? What yes. does that mean to you? I'll tell you, I'll tell you what it means to the kids... Hanging out. <laughs> Merch. <laughs> you like telling hanging out story. ASL. <laughs> we can't use any of this stuff. I know. <laughs> Merch is not a word. What are you talking about? <laughs> You're a word. But you do remember that, right? Vaguely. I mean, I have Vaguely. a bad memory. All right. Don't insult me. You... You think about it every day. <laughs> I could have went another 25 years without thinking about yeah, it. And now yeah, I have to start right, over again. I know. I know. That's your bit. So we have Tamar Burke on <laughs> today. And Tamar is, she's, she was one of, you know, the OGs of, at least as far as us coming up in the Chicago scene. And she was in a band called Starball. And uh, the thing about her is she still doing it like she just put out two solo records and the weird thing to me is they're her first solo records because that doesn't because she hasn't stopped making music in all these years but they're definitely the best records that she's ever made so it fascinates me and on top of that um her daughter is becoming a new rock star so her whole family is just like musicians and everything. And, and, uh, so it's cool to have Tamara on the show and, uh, we'll, we'll get into that with her. It's like a circle of lifers thing. It really is. It, it you know, it's it, teach your children. Well, it, it's, it's, it's like Gabe's favorite S C S N Y is Crosby stills nation young is teach your children. Well, a Y song. I don't think so. All right, listen, let's get out of the way. They suck. (laughs) Love the one you're with. Is that Stephen Stills or is that Crosby, Stills, and Nash? Ben, I know you can help us with this. I think think Who deserves the full blame for that piece of shit? I think that's a CSN. Come on, man. Pull it up. I don't want to start using the CSN abbreviation for well, I know you don't like your abbreviations. You don't? Oh. No, I hate the abbreviations. You hate them. Oh, oh, dude. All right, here's the thing. All right, Gabe, you're not going to want to hear this at all. I got so stoned the other night. Like, dangerously stoned. You know what I mean? Like, when you get so high that you're like, you fucked up. Right? So I thought I you were off the stuff. I thought you well, know you're not a pop. I don't do the stuff. But, like, we had a day off. And like usually what will happen is I have, I can't sleep on tour. Okay. So I, I get these uh, gummies. They're not pot gummies. They're something you can buy at Walgreens. CBD? 
no melatonin type of things, oh, right? Sure. So I usually take two of those, and if I'm really worried, I'm going to wake <laughs> up at eight a.m. 8 going, oh, I've got to cut this thing out of the lifers broadcast about Gabe talking about short people, or else people are going to think we're awful, right? <laughs> if I really don't want to wake up with that, I'll take another gummy of pot, which I do have. We got some in uh, in Denver. Denver. So anyway. So the other day, we go to, uh, we're in Florida. It's our day off. We're in Orlando, and we can't find anywhere to eat. And we pass a Red Lobster. Now, I've never eaten at a Red Lobster before. Ryan, however, loves Red Lobster, loves it. He's like, we should go there. We can get the Fisherman's Feast and all this stuff. <laughs> now, going to Red Lobster with Ryan is kind of like going to... Um, great america with herb like herb knows everything about great america he knows everything about every ride he knows what it used to be called he knows every dip and it's just like ah he's been like you know like like an adrenaline shot and that's what herb's like he's like all right we can go to this ride and this ride and this used to be called this ride that's what it's like going to uh red lobster with ryan He's like, he's like, well, you can order this, you can order that, and you know, here come the biscuits. And it's all I'm about the like, cheddar biscuits. All about the cheddar biscuits, which I didn't know about. He was like, he was like, this is that. So we do that, and then we get some drinks, and then we kept drinking, and then we kept drinking, and we went to some other place who kept drinking. It was our day off. We can do whatever. Fuck you, Dad. <laughs> I can do whatever I want. So. So the end of that night, he's like, I can't anymore. I'm like, you can't anymore. I can't. I never even wanted to go to Red Lobster in the first place. And I'm just like this <laughs> bloated tick, you know, like going back to my room. And then I'm like, you know what? I want to watch Blue Velvet. And I texted you. I'm like, I want to watch Blue Velvet. But here's the mistake I make. I'm so full and drunk. Instead of taking two of those melatonins, I take Ooh. two of those pot gummies. And I'm not a pot guy. Gabe. Can you attest to this? I'm not a pot guy. No, you're not a pot guy. No. So I am high. Ben, I'm high. I am dangerously high. So what do I do? I put on blue velvet anyway. And I put in my ear earbuds, ear pods, whatever the fuck they're called. So I can hear everything about the sound design in ways that I've never heard it before. Plus, I'm dangerously high. So I'm hearing things that I'm like, is this happening? And I'm taking the things out, and I'm like, what's going on? And I'm watching the movie, and I'm going, oh, my God, I understand this movie in a way that I've never understood it before. And I'm like, I'm thinking about, like, David Lynch intent with this movie. You know what I'm talking about? It's no longer about the mood or, like, the dark underbelly. It's like, what is David Lynch really trying to do with this movie? And I'm breaking it down in such a way that, by the end, I'm ready to blow my brains out. And I, I don't know who I am anymore. And so I have to let the movie ends and I don't touch anything. And it just goes dark. And I just sit there and they go, go to sleep. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Please go to sleep. Go to sleep. This is a week ago. I'm still freaked out. I cannot <laughs> get over. What a fucking mind-blowing experience I've had with this movie that I've seen what 50 times conservatively 50 times since 1986 right ben your thoughts please give me something i have one thought 
And that is, thank God you didn't have access to Inland Empire that night. <laughs> All right. Hey, everybody. It's Tamar Burke. <laughs> <laughs> I am alive. Tamar, what you I doing? Not, I did not crawl into a cave and, and uh, I don't know, grow my armpit hair long or anything. Obviously, you didn't because you moved <laughs> out of Portland, right? Yes. Went to Portland and then, oh, my gosh, and then for 10 years and then now I'm in San Diego. Like, who knows where I'll end up being. When this did you probably- move to San Diego? Yeah, so that happened um, after Why 10 did it years. Happen? It happened because, whew, um, a couple reasons. I, and I don't want to get political or anything like that. Mm. But I, I will start by, number one, the winters were fucking awful with all the rain. Like, I, I, it's just like, after a while, you just really want to shoot yourself in the head. Like, oh my fucking God. Like, Is this the political part? Because that's not political at all. (laughs) No, but I'm going to start with the weather, like just to be safe here. But um, it was um, it was the first the first couple years, especially was so hard and we were sick a lot. And Mm. and then finally we got better and things started getting fucking great, like Portland's music scene and just the city and the people. We've we we right. loved it. We loved it. I was in so many bands all at one time, and it was so easy to be in bands, so accommodating. There were so many clubs, and it was a lot different than Chicago Scott. It's like um, in Portland, you want to book a show, and the guy booking would just be like, "All right, how about this night? Why don't you find some bands?" Like literally. Right. And I'm like, I love that. <laughs> like, he doesn't want to do the work. He wants but, you to but do the work. He does it right, but also he knows you're going to have the same friends as your other friends, and they're going to bring right. people. And if you have your friends playing with you, it's just going to be so awesome. And and plus, it makes you think about the kind of night you want to make. I don't know. It was awesome for for just the the camaraderie of it. Whereas mm-hmm. in Chicago, it's like very very competitive, as as you know. Um, and I think for females, possibly more so. Was it like um, that? Did you feel like that? I did. I, yeah, I, mean, I apologize. I, I didn't mean No, that. not from you. You were really nice. <laughs> um, I feel like we were the poor man's Veruca salt. I mean, mm. to be honest, right? Because okay. we came out after them. We were a little bit more poppy. Um, and I, I feel like we were constantly being compared to them in a way just because we're two girls in front. Right. Um, and and so in some ways you're just kind of fighting against that like okay well they're whatever they're not that you know they're not doing anything new and we already have Veruca Salt like that ticked the box off for I don't know and I think that um, in some ways in some ways I I fought for every fucking show like I because I don't think that. Um, you know, I was just starting out as a songwriter and starting out as a musician and starting out in, in that whole realm. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, in a lot of ways, the naiveness of, of you know, how to get shows and how to meet people and how to do that. I was just kind of an idiot about it, but I was also so focused. Like, right. I, and so in some ways that focus makes you dumb and not very refined in the way that you like try to, I guess, um, interact with people and socialize and because i'm very awkward and mostly a loner to be honest I, you know i, I felt I, yeah really is this yeah is this what you think <laughs> yeah i am like actually m- love being by myself yeah like it's just like 
I can entertain myself for hours. <laughs> it's totally fine. But, um, but yeah, no. So, so Portland. So, what happened in Portland then? And I, I'm still a teacher. So, I became a fifth grade uh, elementary school teacher, and that happened in Portland after I stopped at being in the ad world. And Portland, you know, not to get too political, but um, the homeless and meth problem. Mm has become such to such a degree there that yeah. you really couldn't do anything without being come kind of bombarded with uh, some serious mental health issues on the street. Um, I'm like with my class doing field studies and like needing to protect 25 kids while there's like crazy meth heads. It, it was just like too much. And then having your car broken into like you know, four or five times in your driveway. The fact that people content. Like, Sounds like Chicago in the 90s, though. But the difference is that the tenting and the the needle use and the meth use was so out of hand. Like somebody right. could put a tent in your front yard, Scott, uh-huh. and you cannot do anything about it unless you pull out a gun. Yeah. But there's just no everybody from the left and the right are arguing this issue, but nothing's actually getting done. And there's there's just not enough programs in place. And so I was actually feeling really unsafe and really depressed about right. it. And I was like, it's just getting worse. And I, I kind of just put it out in the universe, like, you know, to Steve, I was like, well, if you're looking for a new job, why don't we go warmer, <laughs> you know? And, um, I, I swear to God, it wasn't even that long. It was just like, well, guess what? We can go to Oakland or we can go to San Diego. Because yeah, I didn't know you were in San Diego. I thought you were still in Portland. I, no, I had no, no idea. Yeah, just since. Okay, so that's weird because we moved here in 2018. And uh, once again, starting over with no musician friends, no band, no nothing. It's like the third or fourth time. Um, I hated my life, of course, because <laughs> when you can't play music... And you don't have, you know, and maybe you know, Scott, like the only way I even made friends is through music. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. even know how to make friends if it's not for music. So right. um, I and I think I just had to start like over. And and then we were here. I started meeting some people and then COVID. So yeah. we've only been here since 2019. But that kind of motivated me and instigated this these two solo albums so it's kind of a crazy um kind of an awesome thing that happened for me it's definitely a one-two punch here you know yeah it's like the the one solo album just came out and and the next thing i know you're putting you're next door to me in chicago recording the next record i know and you're so sweet i got that text from you like got for dinner which is so cool. I totally would have gone, but we were tracking drums in two days. Yeah. And um, and we were getting tired, you know, that kind of like, yeah. oh, we just have fucking two more songs and then it's too much. we're done. I don't have the studio anymore. So, um, but man, Matt Walker. Wow, wow, wow. Like Good old Matt. We've, we've been like, you know, we've known each other for so long. And when I called him for the first album, um, he was home because of COVID. And I was like, thank my lucky stars. He's not on tour with Garbage or Morrissey or whatever. You know, he's he, he's at home. Right. And he was just kind of putting his studio together. I'm like, do you want to play on some songs? And so it, it really worked out. I mean, I'm making a long story really short, but that's 
I feel like he's my musical partner, like as like the the basis. You know, if you have a good, like you know, you know Scott for sure. You know, if yeah. you have a drummer, all you need is a drummer. All yeah. you need is a fucking drummer. <laughs> and like that's how I felt my whole life. If I, yeah. if I, you know, and I've been so blessed to play with fucking amazing drummers in yeah. every city I've been in. Um, but the thing with Matt is that he has a studio and I, I worked on commercial and composing with him and we have a lot of the same vocabulary when we're talking about rock and roll. So it's really easy to work with him because I've told somebody else this, you know, these stories, but I'd be like, okay, you know, you know, in that Cars song, when they turn the beat around on that last verse and he's like, yep. I'm like, of course he does, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and, and he's not and, imposing either, you know, no, I mean, he's completely no. knowledgeable, but he never, yes. re- it, it's, it, it doesn't matter if he knows that you know it or not, you know? Right. He's also a really amazing composer and he puts his own, you know, kind of soundtracky, beautiful albums yeah. out, beautiful music out. So yeah. he's like, he's kind of an incredible person too. Yeah. So I'm really lucky to know him. And, um, and because. So how did you meet him? Yeah. Like, so that's a funny story. So I'm in Chicago and, and this kind of connects to your, your, your lifers theme. Right. Mm -hmm. So I have never liked my job ever. My job. Teaching is fine. It's the closest (laughs) thing to giving me some fulfillment as a money-making thing that I need to have. You know, it is the closest, which is why I quit advertising for it, because I felt like, okay, if I have to torture myself to just pay my bills, then at least try to be a little meaningful about it. Right. But I I never. But back in the day, it was advertising. And it was never like I it was always like, what am I doing when I get home from work? Like, Mm -hmm. what's my life? What what am I rehearsing? Where am I recording? What am I writing? What am I doing? What am I playing on my four track? And and at the time I was like juggling my work. And also I was trying to get into commercial composing and you probably know Mark Greenberg, but he worked at Lounge Axe and he was mm-hmm. a booker at Lounge Axe. Yeah. And um, we were friends in the sense that, you know, every time we talked on the phone for Starball to get a show at Lounge Axe, we just, we always ended up talking for a really long time, like just shooting the shit. Yeah. And he was so nice. And as you remember, Scott, calling, literally calling people for shows. Like, can you imagine doing that today? But like calling I do it on more the phone. now than I did back then. Actually. Right. Well, you probably have these amazing relationships for years. Wow. But it, it's not that it's not that way anymore, you know. And um, you know, you'd have to call on those certain days. Mm-hmm. And I used to always like calling Lanjax, even if he was like, "I don't have anything for you right now, tomorrow." But but we would talk, and he was he was exploring this new venture of commercial music for film and TV. And so he started Mayfair Composers. Mm-hmm. And because I was like, uh, I had my Pro Tools studios. And he liked that I could bring in this sort of pop female element. Because he had a bunch of different composers in it. So what happened is I was there for a year or two. And then there was like this big email like, oh, well, guess who's joining us? Matt Walker's joining us to start composing too. So what would happen is we would do some stuff on on our own for whatever was, you know, requested. And then sometimes I would say, hey, Matt, I need something on this one track. And he would say, hey, tomorrow I need some vocals on this. So we were kind of going back and forth for many years doing that. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really fun to work with him. And then, you know, you know, just always seeing his bands too. 
And I do remember in Portland, I, I heard they were coming and playing with Morrissey and, and, you know, I messaged him and he's like, yeah, I put me on the guest list for Morrissey. It was fucking great. Oh my God. I love Morrissey. I don't know yeah. how you feel about him, but no, I, I love get, Morrissey. I'm yes. totally into it. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. Yes. Girlfriend in a coma. Yeah. I, I like his politics too. It seems to me like you and him are a little aligned politically these days. I, <laughs> well, no, you know, I think it's like such a vibe. He's just such a vibe. And you, I think he's a lot funnier than people give him credit for. Is, I do is, too. I, yeah. I do too. And, and I think, you know, as I get older, it's like you choose, like, I, I think I feel like I need to listen to Morrissey right now. Or I think I'm going to put on Mock the Hoople. Like, that's the vibe I'm feeling right now. It's it's less song-wise and more like a vibe, uh-huh, you know? Right. But so, so I've known Matt for a long time. Yeah. So you had Starball when you were doing that? Or, like, how did you start Starball? And was that your first band? So, st- oh, gosh. So when I moved to Chicago, I bought myself a four track and met this guy that works at the coffee shop right next to Lounge Jones. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he was really cute and I had a crush on him. Mm-hmm. And he had, um, I would go there all the time because I was like one of those coffee, coffee house chicks. I don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. the chicks that go to coffee houses and write in their poetry yeah. books. Okay, you I can know? see that. Yeah. That was me. Uh-huh. So, um, but he was really cute. And and I remember like I really I was always playing on my little my acoustic guitar. Um and when I got, you know, when we were talking about music or something, he's like, oh, I have this really cool pink guitar. I'm trying to like start a band. And I'm like, I don't have an electric guitar, but I want to start a band too. So he was literally the first person I ever played with. Now, I lived in this place called Artist in Residence, Scott. Does that sound familiar? No. Okay, Edgewater. Okay. It wasn't it was Holstein building... Park? Mm-mm. No, okay. that was later. Okay. But um, I think it fancied itself being like the Chelsea. I think it wanted to be like right. the Chelsea. Right, right, right. So, you know, it was my first studio. It was three seventy five a month. That included literally all utilities. Can you imagine? And um, the reason I moved there is because there was a dark room and I was a photo major. I was a photography major. So I moved there so I can use the dark room. And that's where I was like, wanted to also write music. So he would come over there because you could rent out the rooms there. And we were playing just, I was doing like, I suppose I wanted to, I was angry. (laughs) Had a lot of like angst and you know that sort of whole vibe and Mm -hmm. the pj harvey thing going on and i was writing these like yelly alternative rock shit songs you know right and then i wanted to record them so i bought my first four track and he lent me this really cool pink like mustang that i fucking loved and i hoped he would forget to ask for it back but no of course he didn't yeah and um so then i would just like work at pat's pizza okay pat's pizza for Mm -hmm. real and great great place great place and then go home and fucking write songs on my four track for hours and hours and hours and hours and i have hundreds and hundreds and thousands of songs Uh some of them are so embarrassingly bad and some actually are have like little nuggets of really good things in them you know as you know yeah you just weren't you just didn't know how to use them then you can dust them off now yeah 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 so so then um what really happened is i moved out of that apartment and met my first boyfriend and he was a guitar player so he then introduced me to scott and scott was my first drummer scott armstrong 
And he is actually a very accomplished movie screenwriter who wrote Road Trip and Old School. So, you know, like big deal. Old School is pretty good. Yeah, we're still really good friends. Pretty fucking good movie, yeah. Yep, and Road Trip. What's wrong with Road um, Trip? It's fine. It's no old school. Come on, Ben. Let's not let's not kid ourselves here. <laughs> it's a quantum leap. And he's done so much since then. I'm just bringing out the big, the big the classics. Yeah, yeah, the classics. So he was the drummer. I ended up buying a baritone guitar uh-huh. <laughs> because I thought I don't know how to play bass, and this is like a little lower. Like right. I, you know, it's a good idea. And 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 then Jay, my boyfriend at the time, played guitar. So it was like. A three piece. And I think that was the first Starball incarnation. And we actually recorded at Gravity Studios and we wrote this EP with with De- with um, Doug, Doug McBride. Yeah. Yeah. And then what happened is um, I really wanted a bass player and Scott knew Jody. So went to see her in some band called Pet Lover, I think. Pet Lover? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And she was playing at Lounge Jacks with Pet Lover. And then I asked her, do you want to play bass? I didn't even know her. Like I said, Scott, it's like the only way to make friends is to be in a band with Yeah, but see, I mean, you know. You know what I mean, though? I mean, you, you know yourself better than I do, but you never seem shy to me. And, you know, you, and you do. I'm not shy. Always, you've always struck difference. me as somebody who has self-confidence, you know. I do in a lot of ways. But in a lot of ways, I have deep, deep, deep insecurities. Yeah, well, and we all do. But there are some that stem back to, like, kind of ballet years. I was a mm-hmm. professional ballerina. Yep. And body image stuff and eating disorders and a lot of things that come into play when you're, that set your, I guess, young teen early 20s mind mm-hmm. into a place where you're so self-conscious you're so beyond self-conscious that sometimes you overcompensate i mean i i think that in the scene i always bit felt like an outsider maybe it was just the dialogue in my head yeah if that makes sense so, yeah no no i'm sorry and i Go didn't ahead. do drugs i didn't do any drugs i know you're just- such a bummer <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you want to do these drugs tomorrow? No. I, I drank. I definitely drank. Yeah, you're no, right. No, but I think I think there was enough parties where that shit was around, and I knew that I would like it too much. And I also have an addictive personality, so I didn't do this. So that so in some ways, you do feel a bit of an outsider at that time. So when how, how much do you yeah. feel like that now? Now I I feel not i mean i feel like very grounded still very very there's still a lot of me that when i'm writing music i need a lot of feedback but but the feedback is it's not necessarily like i'm going to take the feedback but i need to hear feedback about certain parts of songs and songs and mm-hmm. like what do you think it's like i need a bouncing i need people to bounce things off of i drive my family crazy it's 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 like um it's like the dialogue in my head is so intense when i'm uh-huh. writing music <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. th- that i need i yeah. need another person's <laughs> voice in there so but, but I, what i'm trying to get at is like <laughs> you you feeling i i guess more comfortable because when i listen to your music now it's 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 certainly uh, it takes its time it, it is it's more confident yes it is more grounded 
Um, and it, it, it is different from what was going on in the star ball. And like, yeah. it's like, it's completely a mirror of, of you at that time. And your music now is a mirror of you at this time. Do you hear that? I'm really is- glad you said that. Yeah. So, and you know why, what happened is when I moved to Portland, I didn't, you know, Starball ended in Chicago and I did the countdown with Steve. Right. And it was. Why is Steve there right right now? You just. He, he is he up there? Okay. He's, All right. He's somewhere up there he watching upstairs. Star Trek. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he loves Star Trek. Yeah. And, um, and that was such an eye opening experience, Scott, because I didn't give a fuck in that band. I felt so free. I felt like. Oh, what? Being, being in the countdown? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and we had like you know, a really, really intense fan base. And we were so crazy on stage. And I felt like I, it's the first time on stage that I could, I could feel like I, I'm not self-conscious. I don't give a fuck. And right. I was like, I, that was so missing in Starball. And, and, and I don't know why. I, I, I still don't know why. I can, I can venture to guess, but so what happened is when we left Portland, we went to, when we left Chicago and went to Portland, Really, Countdown was the only band that was sort of existing. But me and Steve were just like, are we going to, you know, do this in Portland? Like, start again, you know? We played some shows. People loved it. But we both felt, and he was at Wyden and Kennedy, like a serious job, serious advertising job. And I was just about to get a job there. And we couldn't. We just, like, mentally could not deal with it. So... I ended up joining a bunch of bands and just playing keyboards. Right. And I was still writing in the studio, but I was writing stuff, Scott. And I was like, and I would play them for Steve. And he's like, it's like, he's like, you just sound like, it just sounds, it's good. It's really poppy and fun, but it's like, who are you now? Mm. Like, I don't know. (laughs) I I, I really did not know. Because I mean, you guys are kind of doing an electro yeah, electropunk. Right, yeah, yeah. And there's, it, there was, was a lot of detachment going on back then, right? Well, the countdown was a character. Right. And, I, and I'm sure you've been in other bands where you you become a different person. And right. it's, it's a lot of ways it's like easy. Yeah. Because um, you're not really you. And I was this character in that band. And it was so fun to write for. Yeah. Um, but then when I was trying to write personal stuff, I don't know. I didn't know what my mess. I didn't know what to say. I felt like it sounds like Starball, but I'm, but it's, uh, but but it's too. It's like immature sounding for who I am mm. now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just, I literally put it aside. Right. I was writing a lot of songs, but nothing ever saw the light of day. And then one day, maybe two thousand, like, st- like I don't know, even know when. I wrote this song called Shadow Clues. Oh, that's my jam. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, why is this feel different to me? What happened about it? And Steve loved it. And I loved it. And he's like, if you could write like this tomorrow, I think you could have an album. Yep. Evening, because 
Starball stuff, except for super fans, except that it's so much of the same that I'm exhausted by the time I finish listening to that record. Yeah. It's like a lot of the same poppy hooks that just get sort of you forget what you just heard, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I started to think really, really think about putting an album together that had all these different sides of me, and I was just I'm just so happy with the way that turned out. And it got a lot of love. Like, I was like, shit, you know, <laughs> I didn't know people would like it, you know, and a, a lot of great reviews and the record sold. I don't, I had to do a reprint of it. So I was like, okay, maybe I actually have something here, you know? Right. So, yes. Yeah, so that a great fucking title. I know. Thank you for noticing. Some people don't get it. I'm like, what? Oh, well. You get it, right, Ben? Which one are we talking about? The Restless Dreams of Youth. Oh, yeah. Love it. Do you? Yes. Ben, tell the truth. What? I He's love the title. Google it. Yeah, well, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It it's a reference to something? No, I don't know. It's a G- reference to Gabe, a Rush Gabe, song. do you know? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just gave it away. Sorry. <laughs> Gabe, no, did you know? It. Tell the truth. Uh, mm, no. I would, if I were to guess, I'd say Debbie Gibson, but that's just no, me. No, Subdivisions. <laughs> the Restless Dreams of Youth. Subdivisions. Oh, I love Rush. But oh, yeah. that is my top favorite Rush song. But the thing is, is that... It's good. It's John It's John Hughes before John Hughes. Yes. Oh, I know. And also, 
we had a habit of just playing that song once a week and just blasting it. It's just such a good <laughs> keyboard riff. And it, I love it. It's just like... Subdivisions. I can't even get that low. In the high school halls. <laughs> and, and it is. It's like a collection of, you know, kind of um, some new songs, some old songs, and it really is looking back at, like, my life, things that have happened, and also, like, where I am now. So I was really happy with that record. And I hadn't planned on putting a second one out so quickly. But. but situations happened. Right. Which is, yeah. So that was. Do you want to talk about what that situation was? Yeah. So I started writing. I had a sketch for Your Permission, which is a single. And I just was playing around with it. And when I finally, when like, and I don't know if you're like this, Scott. So I actually wanted to ask you this. So when. <laughs> Do you feel like there's a per- like you're writing a song and that there is a perfect solution for it? Does that make sense? Like it's floating know. out what there you- and you have to find the perfect way to put it together. Um structure and sounds and instrumentation and building it and all of that. I don't know. I I'm not so sure if I if I'm as aware when things are happening like that. I do know like what we were talking about earlier but there are certain pieces of music that I don't know what to do with. And then years later I go, Oh, I know exactly what to do with that. Uh, and before so that- I used to be like, well, I'm, I must be running out of ideas if I have to plunder old ideas. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's true. But now I realize that, it, well, Not these so are just true. things I told myself enough about me. What do you think about me? I think you're such a natural with writing. <laughs> no, that's not what I meant. Enough about me. What about oh. you? Oh, about me. Oh, <laughs> I would like to talk about you too. I like uh, it. Um, and no, I think that a lot of times I write just a verse and a chorus. And the verse and the chorus, if like it, if, it, if I live with it for a while and I think it could become something, then I play with that and really? go off but of it. Did you used to do it that way? Almost always. Really? If I had a good verse and a chorus... I can make a song from it. But yeah, like, but would if, you just let it sit or would you just... Yes, I often let things sit. Wow. But but, mm. but not always. It's just mostly in Starball, things came out like so fast. Okay, so right. So back in yes. Starball, you would just go like that. Okay, yes, okay that's I re- what I'm asking. record okay. the entire song on four track. Right. Play the song and tell the band how I wanted it to be played. But now I you're was, a lot more patient. I also, yes, and I also don't, want to answer the question yet about what that i want the song to be (laughs) you know like so your permission was one minute and it started off very amy man and had that no real chorus just oh 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 oh," you know Uh and then i was like i don't know what to do with this it's like a first course first course and then it could be done i said well what if i do something i don't normally do which is like turn it into like elo and um do an outro a really big outro and just end on an outro that never comes back, you know, or never even started. Right. And that Almost song, like a chorus at the end. <laughs> and that fucking was that magic thing for that song. Yeah. And when that happened, I thought, ooh, this could be, this is like single stuff. Maybe, maybe I should think about a new album, but there was no pressure. I didn't feel any pressure. And I started writing, sketching lyrics for other things. And I write lyrics in a really weird way. Um, I go to bars by myself. This uh-huh. sounds really weird. 
but I'll go to bars that play like really bad music, whatever the music might be. I don't know, 80s hair metal or reggae. Reggae is a good one. And um, yeah. there's a rhythm to like the music that's right. over. And I'm just like stream of consciousness writing lyrics. Um, but they be have a rhythm to it because I'm listening to. Something. Did you say they be have a rhythm? They be have a they rhythm. They be have a rhythm while I'm <laughs> writing rhythm. Uh, reggae really lyrics. Say, you kind of did. Yeah, it's okay. Oh we'll God. cut it out. We won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I had some wine yeah. earlier. Yeah, all right, good. But um, so I was writing sketches for songs and shit like that. I had a bunch of things in the works that I was really happy with. And in fact, weirdly, some of the lyrics were really dark. Uh -huh. I wrote some of the lyrics for tragic endings before my dad died. So there was some really heavy lyrics that I was thinking about death a lot, thinking about my life, thinking about getting older, thinking about change. Right. And then um, what happened is in, 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 in a week, so I, it was a really weird story, but my dad got sick after he went on a trip and, um, we talked every night on Face, FaceTime, and he always texted me back. But every time I talked to him, that when he got back from the trip, he was like in bed, and he's never in bed. He's like never, always up, always right. happy. And I said to my mom, I'm like, what's up with dad? Oh, he just has this cold. He just is taking a little longer to get rid of. So then what happened is two days he didn't text me back. And I'm like, mom, what's, he's just sleeping a lot. And then I just, on this Friday, I had such an off, my whole body was just like going into like panic mode. And I said, I'm going to come to Florida. And, you know, and she was like, what are you talking about? Your father's going to be fine. You know, <laughs> he always gets sick and he gets better. I'm like, mom, my body is like freaking out. Like I need to go. Bought a, bought a red eye. By the time I landed on Sunday morning, he was in the hospital. And then a week later, he was not alive anymore. Uh. And the thing is, is that it looked like COVID. The pictures appeared to be COVID, right. but it didn't test for COVID. Right. Didn't test that way. And it could have been at the beginning of Delta. I don't fucking know, Scott. I have no idea. I'm just thankful that I could be in the hospital with him because they probably wouldn't have even let us with him. Yeah. But it was the hardest... Um. The hardest thing I've ever been through in my entire life, and I hope I never have to deal with something so awful again. But what happened is, um, I, I kind of like lost my mind a little bit. Like I kind of lost my grounding person, you know. I mean, he was like the rock. Yeah. So what ha what when I came back, I was such a mess, and like I couldn't even function. I couldn't. I didn't really have any caring about anything. I didn't I didn't really know how to go about a daily like life. Everything was such a mess in my mind. Like what is the point of all? It sounds very dramatic, but literally an existential crisis of like what the fuck this person is not even existing anymore. Like right. I don't even know how to go about my day. Right. So I I I just started burying myself in the studio because there were so many things going on in my head. And then um, I was writing a lot of really heavy shit, and and uh, and but I I was putting it to music, and I was like really liking to listen to it. It was like almost therapeutic. And so I started going, okay, um, 
I'm just going to keep going with this. And I and all of these themes started happening. The song started coming out. It was like very bizarre. And I barely ever left the studio. I was not easy to be around, definitely. Yeah. And I really, <laughs> I really feel, I felt very badly for my family. Yeah. I was not, not, I mean, I was grieving and I was mourning, but also putting it so much into this record to the point where I was like obsessive compulsive about right, this right, second right, record. Right, right, Like where I was not feeling healthy. The I finally felt good, Scott, when I sent it to mastering. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to, ch- I can't change anything anymore. It's done. Yeah. But you can ask Sean O'Keefe. I mean, he's so sweet, but he mixed it, but he had to ha- talk me down from so many ledges. Like, oh, I'm fucking taking that song off the record. Or that fucking sounds like shit. Like you're, you're just in the state. Um, That's like, you've created this craziness. Right. I don't know if you've ever been there on any of your records where for some reason it's never. very intense. <laughs> never. No? No, never. You're lying. Yeah. I, I would love to know which record of that was the hard one for you. I don't know, Tamara. They, 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 so they, many. they say you can't, uh, the, they say the human brain doesn't remember pain. So, you know, mm. I just kind of blocked that out. I mean, I, you know, I, I think there's two ways you can think about that. One way you, you like, it's like, come on, stop taking yourself so seriously. Right. But on the other hand, it's like, fuck you. If yeah. I don't take this seriously, what's the point of doing it? Right. You know, and right. sure, it could be hard on people around you sometimes. And you just got to try to not let that happen. But I know. you should at least care about what you're doing, for God's yeah. sake, you know? No, I'm 100% with you. And I think they were more patient because they knew I was also still dealing with his death. It hasn't yeah. even been a year. So June 26th will be a year. Yeah. And um, and so they were very patient. And, and they also, oh, such a good family because Tuesday was like, these are your best songs, mom. Yeah. And, and I was just like, feel very emotional when I heard that from Tuesday because... um. You know, I was really happy with the rest of the streams. I, I I was worried that nobody was going to like this new record because so many people liked that one, you know. And she says, like, no, this one's better. It's Can you see a difference between, like, a big difference between the two? Or do you think they're, like, like uh, of a pair? I think they work really well together because this one is, like, the, the being, thinking back and, and reflecting to my past, but also where I, I am. And then this one is like moving forward, which is exactly what the theme is start at the end. Um, you know, start at the end is not just because I needed to start again after the end of my dad's life, but so many things about me. As I get older, I, I really hate not knowing what's going to happen. So mm. sometimes I need to know what's going to happen in a movie before I watch it. Not always or TV shows, but my emotions oh, are we so... We could not be more different. <laughs> well, I used to love surprises, but I can't emotionally handle it that very much. Maybe I'll get back to it. Do you have to know who's on the other end of the phone before you pick it up? I do. I do. <laughs> I can't stand... I'm I'm so... I, I feel like I'm very on edge. I'm getting better. You know, it takes a while to, like, get over something traumatic. And I am getting better and um and feeling like... I'm more willing to like, like not know, but generally, (laughs) generally. So when I was little, Scott, my mom and dad bought me a record player and it was one of those 
record players that you could stack up records like this and yeah. one would just drop and drop yeah. and drop. And it's really bad for your records. Yeah, and they would buy me Disney, Disney albums. Yeah. And I would have to have them in a specific order and listen to them every night. And, <laughs> and you know, mm-hmm. and um, so music is, is like this thing that my brain, it, it like feeds a certain relaxation thing going on in there. And when I started writing songs, I realized that um, I'm writing something that I want to hear. Right. Right? And right. and when you hear it, it like does something right. to your, literally to your brain chemistry. Because you're hearing what your brain is urging you to create. Right. And when I hear my own melodies, I love listening to my own songs because there's something, it's, it's like a weird drug. Right. It's just like, oh, I really It's like, like your it. body wants a meal and you just made your body that meal. Yes. And should you feel yes. guilty for making the meal that your body wanted? Because no one else was going to make it for you, right? No. And it's really hilarious when my husband will come home from somewhere. Yeah, you can't let anybody and else catch no, you I'm playing that like meal. Sh- no, well, you, you can't do that. But he's always like, like, he'll give me a look like, oh, listening to your album again. Yeah. <laughs> like, he puts his hand on top of the, 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 the stereo. I come home no, it's and it's like, always warm. Well, I have to say this. I have to go, hey, Google, would you play Tamar Burke? It's the only way she understands. It's the only fucking way she... And she'll go, playing Tamar Burke on Spotify. Oh, so you got that, huh? (laughs) I hate it, though. I'll unplug it because I'm like, I know they're listening in. Our maps guy is from from Australia. So he gets all the street names wrong. And he's like, pull into the car park. It's, It's great. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so that's that's i mean because that's the question why tomorrow why what, what why do it and, and and that's why you know what is that the payoff um i also like okay and maybe this happened to you i don't know but when i was i was writing songs for a long time before i listened to liz fair's exile and guyville mm-hmm. and when i listened to that album I connected so deeply to some of those songs that I thought. Because the really, lyrics or the melodies? What what was it? At the time, the stories that she was writing, the story uh-huh. that she wrote of exile, like all the stories and the um, people she was creating. Because um, the, f- I guess the female experience, right? You know, and. I thought that I want to move people like that. Like yeah. I would love to write something that someone was like crying about. Yeah. I, I know that sounds it, it sounds no. really weird, but oh, I agree. I, right. Like like so the twofold part is like, wouldn't it be cool to be able to affect somebody like that? Yeah. <laughs> and right and it's like power it's and it's power but it's also a beautiful human thing and i always found it so astonishing when i connected to songs so well like there's some elliot smith songs that like i i i, I can't do anything but just mm-hmm. sit and listen to it and just like ugh. and you know and and i feel like God, that would be the ultimate. And when I do get messages or texts, like your song was really amazing. And, and like, I, I cried and it was so beautiful and moving. Thank you. Uh, that's right. That's a kind of an amazing feeling. Yeah. Now I remember seeing Purple Rain and the, the, the <laughs> scene where he 
sings the beautiful ones and they show Apollonia and she's crying. And I went like, that's what I want to do. Right. So that was your moment. Well, yeah. yeah but then I, I think about it years later. I was like, wait a minute. You wanted to make music to make women cry? What's wrong with you? You monster. Is, isn't that how all dudes want to do? Well, you know, there was, a lot of, there was a lot of women making me cry back then. So, I mean, there was probably... <laughs> Like I, this isn't about me. Let's not unpack my shit. Let's unpack your shit. No, but it is interesting because I do think females and males, you know, do start bands for different reasons, I suppose, or to be up there. You know, I was never quite that comfortable being looked at mm. um, because of the ballet weirdness that my brain, you know, I was. How long did you do that for? How long did you do my ballet? whole life up until 18 or 19? Oh, yeah. So I had, um, when you're a dancer and you're looking at yourself in the mirror all the time, yeah, you are, I, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's like you're id. Like, so you're thinking about yourself thinking about yourself. Is that what the id is? And, and when, you're ba- <laughs> when you're in ballet, you're, you're looking at yourself and they're looking back at you. Right. You're judging your reflection, and the reflection is judging. It's just the most fucked up thing. And then yeah. you've got t- teachers telling you, you they've know, they've got opinions too, that you've got to lose five pounds, right. or yeah. you know, and you're already a hundred pounds, and you're seventeen. You know, like oh, there's God. so much, so much shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And then you know, and then you're, you know, you you're just constantly, and you you know, coming also from a Jewish family that is highly critical, mm-hmm. you know, very critical parents, you know, very, um, have high expectations of all kinds of things, very judgy. They are judgy. I mean, it is, you know, it's like Seinfeld's parents. You've seen Seinfeld, the same kind of like, I'm not familiar with his work. <laughs> yeah, Like, why are you wearing that? Like, they don't even think, you know, like. Ben, are so you backing her up on this? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> So it's 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 so in the zeitgeist of being Jewish, where you're just self-deprecating yeah. and you're you're constantly thinking you're not good enough. So there's on top of choosing to be a ballerina, it's like fuck. Yeah. You know, so live is still not my favorite thing to do, and I loved watching you play. I admired you so much because you're so comfortable up there, and and only in the countdown did I catch a little bit of that. Yeah, I know. Because you really don't, you can't give a fuck. Yeah. That's the thing. Well, I mean, I I do give a fuck. I mean, I I, I always go through these things like, well, this is stupid. No one's (laughs) buying you doing this. Stop doing that. You look like an idiot. (laughs) All the time, you know. But, you You know, know, like when you would play in in Starball, there was just, you know, there was a thing. It wasn't an anger, but it was like, I'm going to do this. I don't care. What people think. Yeah. But it wasn't even that. It was like, I don't care that you're not giving me permission to do this. I'm going to do this. You know, and that's different than what not caring I, about I, what I people think. I think you're right. And and that I also didn't care if you didn't like it, which is because I had a chip on my shoulder, I think. Yeah, I guess so. Back, back I guess then. So. I think I was trying to prove something to myself and to others and nothing really came very easily for me and it's not like a wow 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 but i i don't it was like i wasn't yet very good i was still learning how to write good songs Mm -hmm. but i wanted to 
skip all these steps to get there quickly right, right. because I was so ambitious. You can't do that. You can't do that. But I wrote some really fucking great songs, but I wasn't, I wasn't, um, I guess I just wasn't understanding how to be more, I don't know, how to be more, I don't know, the way you said it was, 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 like I'm going to not bulldoze myself through, but like almost like force you to be on my team, even if, even if you're not. <laughs> well, it's like, it's like, no, I, you know, it was like, you were like, look, I deserve to be here, you know, and I don't have to ask you, you know, I, I'm here. I've got the mic. Yeah. Leave. Yeah. Shut up. Go to the bar if you don't take it, you know? Yeah. 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 And, and, and I'm sure that there, you know, we had a lot of people that liked us a lot. But I'm sure there were those that didn't. And, you know, I think about those times and, you know, part of it was the state of Chicago bands at the time. Mm -hmm. It was very competitive. People were, you know, you hear everything. It's like some people just appreciated what you were doing and some people didn't. And, and, And I think that did color my view of the Chicago scene a little bit. You know, luckily, I had good musicians to play with that believed in me. You know, I played with Mike Solenko for Christ's sake, and yeah. and Jody, and and um, and Scott Rosenquist, of course, right. Quist, I guess now, and you know Eric Hanna, and like really great musicians that really liked my songs. Yeah, and and I think that matters. Yeah, it matters. It matters yeah. because then you at least have the people around you that like are like you're a good songwriter. Like this shit's good tomorrow. Right. Um. But yeah, I feel like there was definitely a vibe. I don't know what it was, if it was about Starball or if it was about me, particularly. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's an interesting to think back. There was a couple situations where um, I think I just felt like people didn't really want things to go well for us. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know. Right. Yeah. If I look back, I mean, I have no bitterness about it. Who the fuck cares? I mean, it. it, it we were all kids, you know, right. and just trying to write music and do the band thing. But I do think there was some of that. Yeah, but not many of those people have gone on to continue to make records and are are in the middle of, you know, two of the best records of their career, like you are. So, you know, so, I mean, whatever. Who yeah, wins? Yeah. You win, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, you know, it would have never stopped me anyway. I just something that I didn't quite understand. Um, but at the same time, you know, as a female, Scott, as a woman in a band, you know, you're always going to get the, in, maybe not so much anymore, but I still think there's this vibe of, okay. Pretty good for a girl. Pretty good for a girl, or she's got great tits, so I'm going to watch for a little bit. You know what I mean? Or oh, I hear you, sister. I know exactly what you're going through. She's really pretty, so I'm going to give her five minutes of my time. Or yeah. you know, yeah. you know, there, it's just it's the nature of of the business still kind of being a it, white man's kind of it, thing. Yeah, it, it seems to me like it's never not going to be a novelty, right? I Am know. I crazy? I wish. I, I, I feel like I feel like it takes people like Kevin's uh, 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 Megan the Stallion and you know what's her name um, 
Phoebe Bridgers. She, well, Phoebe Bridgers. St. Vincent. I, I'm more talking. I mean, to me, honestly, I, I, I can't think yeah. of many white men that people are listening to anymore. So, I mean, I, I, I think true. I'm probably the one who's got the target on my back between the two of us. Well, it's funny. I know what you're saying. I think that white men are in this kind of weird recession. I don't think that's the right word, but yeah, for instance, I just saw that everything that's going on. Right <laughs> well, I was I was noticing that, you know, pavements coming out with a new rail or like a yeah, compilation back or out. Right, right, right. And I thought to myself, I don't care. <laughs> and I I not because they he he isn't counted, not be but like you had a fantastic career. You're a white man who's older now. Who? What are you saying to me that I'm going to relate right. to? Not that I might not like your song, right? And I might not like, but the song that I'm going to like listen to is, and I don't know how you feel about her, but I and she is white, <laughs> mm -hmm. but I do fucking love Lana Del Rey and her last the album, the album that actually got the most shit. Um, chemtrails over the country club is like a fucking work of art yeah and i think it's incredible because it's so real and it's heartbreaking because she's looking at her life and 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 when things were simpler for her it is something i could relate to yeah white men not so much i mean weezer <laughs> like what's weezer doing they're dressing up in costumes hey, don't now. lump I love the weezer. rest of us in with weezer please no. Although I do love Weezer, don't, so don't get me wrong. I don't hate anything. That's the thing. I do. I I hate so many things. It's crazy. The thing I'll tell I'll you tell you. Got what another I couple hate. hours. Let's talk about Tuesday's band. Yes. All right. Now, did you ever think you'd be mom to somebody that's on Kill Rock Stars? So this is such an interesting story. This no, is the life. This is an interesting lifer story. You're yeah. such a lifer that you're squeezing out like new lifers. So, okay, this is so funny because I always, obviously, who doesn't want to be on Kill Rockstars, right? <laughs> and so, I mean, it's, and there's the nicest people and they're in, in Portland and, and like loved everybody on that label, loved the music, musicians mm -hmm. on the label, loved everything about it. So when I was putting together the Restless Streams of Youth, I was like, Is that eh, a Rush reference? <laughs> oh my god i love this guy and um, it is by the way and um i i was like eh, i'll just i'll just send i'll just send them the death you know the final mixes and some of the songs and just to kill rock stars yeah yeah okay and um it dude it was so weird <laughs> he, he he's like we just signed somebody named Tamar, <laughs> Tamar yeah. Afek, an Israeli right. musician. And I'm like, motherfucking shit. So <laughs> I'm like, of course, I'm just going to be a lifer in that I will constantly be putting my own music out. Like, yeah. I'll never be signed, and that's yeah. fine. I yeah. wish Matador would take notice at some point. But, right. okay, so then I, like, I come to terms with that. But then... Tuesday's band is writing some fucking great shit. And I decided um, to get them in a really good studio here. Because if they're going to put something out, we're going to go to the Singing Serpent, which is like a great studio here where 
you know, Rocket from the Crypt recorded and, yeah. you know, and, and Hot Snakes and like, yeah. like it's, so, so, so Ben Moore recorded them and it sounded so great. And her songs are, Tuesday's songs are great. Yeah. And better writing than I could have ever even imagined at that age. Like, I think her growing up listening to all of this music for so long and yeah. dancing to the countdown, you know, videos of her dancing to the countdown and hearing my pop shit for so long, but then mixing it with what the kids are listening to today. Right. She wrote Pavement. this. <laughs> I don't even think she knows who Pavement is. To be honest with you, she was all into mom jeans. To be, for a to be while. honest, I don't and think I'm, you know who Pavement is, but go on. I just know the "Cut Your Hair" song. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, I was like, "Well, fuck these masters sound so good." So I sent the whole record to Kill Rock Stars, my my friend there. Yeah. And I said, "So this is my kid. They're still in high school, except for one who's going to graduate, and um, probably want to put this shit out." <laughs> And I was like, I really think, you know, and I'm doing you a favor right now. And they were like, okay, so what's their deal? And it was always like, I never got that email and it was so easy for them. But the band is really good. Yeah. And Tuesday can write a freaking song and the drummer's amazing. And the guitar player's amazing. It's okay. You can tell us. They're great. You're, You're a little pissed off, aren't you? No. A little Actually, bit. a little no. bit. Come on, come on. I'm no, it's okay. absolutely not. And you're even a little, you, you, you wish a little bit of no. ill for. Come on. No, come on. Actually, it's it's kind of refreshing because for the first, it's the first band uh-huh. that I'm probably not jealous of <laughs> because it's my kid. Yeah. I've yeah. always been jealous of every band's success because I feel like you need a little bit of jealousy to like push you, but like for my kid, no. Not How do you think I'm... Tim Buckley felt about Jeff Buckley? <laughs> is there a, is there an interview where Tim Buckley, Buckley was like, fuck, Jeff, that Probably. little brat. This happens so young and they're all going to go to college. So it's one of those situations where like they've got to push this as hard as they can now, see what happens who they're all going to be probably split up at some point. Right. So when are and they going on tour? Do they have something They're going to try up? to do some stuff this summer, but at the same time, it's really hard. They're minors. And um, yeah, I'm really trying not to get involved. The only involved time I did was obviously getting their music to kill rock stars. And then with some of Tuesday's melodies, I'll, I'll like pop in. I'll be like, can you try something? <laughs> God, yeah, you're you, such a manager. Can't you help are. it. Can't help it. I'll help them get some. I'll book some shows here if oh I if I can. But I am really trying to stay out of it because they're mm-hmm. you know they're young adults now. They've got to learn. They've got to figure out how to do it. Yeah. And they're kicking ass. So, um, what's the name of this it, band? Yeah. What's the name? Inflorescence. It's the Inflorescence. Yeah. Oh, the Inflorescence. Yeah. Excuse so they had to change me. it from the Fluorescence because. There was some fucking band in Chicago that had like Ooh, a lot Chicago. of. I don't know. They had like four hundred thousand plays on a song on wow. Spotify, which they probably bought. I don't. Know. Yeah, let's not even let's not even give them any more time. <laughs> you know? But then they changed it in infl- the inflorescence, the in- inflorescence, which is like about 
is that like a plant thing? Is that what that is? I think it's something about the stem of a plant or yeah. something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and I do have. I do well, have, I, I, you know what? You may not be jealous of them, but I'm fucking hate them. This is I, their. I'm super um, jealous. <laughs> their Cascade pressing vinyl that came in from Kill Rock Stars. Yes. You should pre order it. It's really good. I should pre order it, but I won't because I'm salty about it. <laughs> about it i want to be on kill rock stars really you have yeah. such a great career Stop you're it. on how many labels have you been on see that's not a great career tomorrow <laughs> no but that's but that that's is a the sign state of, of a industry. terrible but career that, no the guy who can't the guy who can get a record deal but cannot hold on to it that's not the sign of a good career no but but labels are being eaten and bought and things are shifting all the time so it's not just you scott come on right I'm sorry. I, mean, I stopped listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Is there well, anything? Wait, can we hear this band now? Is there anything out for us to listen to? Yeah, yes. yeah, dude, it's so, happening. They're on Killer Rock Stars. It's a have, real band. Um, two singles out, um, and they also did a cover of, of a Bratmobile song, which is yeah. on their like 50 anniversary, 50th anniversary, or 35 an- year anniversary compilation. Gabe, did we so, see yeah. Bratmobile? I don't think so. Back in the day, we saw them. Mm, we saw some some of those bands, but I don't remember Brighton Bill being one of them. And um, yeah, thanks for chiming in. <laughs> I know. Are you bored? Am I boring you? No, no, I think Gabe's having am a good lulling, time. Am I lulling? I'm Gabe watching the "Saying Goodbye" official music video. Is that is that one of the songs? That's one of the songs. Yeah. Okay. And then the other song is is tomorrow night. Yeah. Right. So. So it's funny because there's just so much music going on in the house all the time. And we we do confer, you know, I'll ask her Tuesday's opinion on things that I'm doing. Um, and what's Steven he, up to musically? So Steve's job is pretty, whew, pretty intense. Yeah. So he wants, he's working on a solo thing because mm-hmm. he wants to, he wants, <laughs> he wants to have a drum machine and just stand there and have all these instruments and just stand and like okay. yell in a mic. He's really, yeah. he's really focused on doing something like that. And um, so he's buying all kinds of gear, That's which is like one of his favorite things to do. Good. Just buy things and play with them. Um, Tell him to check out Chase Bliss pedals. Chase Bliss pedals. I will. Yeah. I think okay. he'd. I think he would really make something up. He'd make and some hay out of those things. Make some hay out. Of, he's also playing bass with me in my live band. Oh, like, okay. All right. Good. And, and you guys have a sh- play bass. show coming up, right? <laughs> we do. We um. We have several, but we're playing this play this North Park Street Festival thing. Right here, and we just played four actually four the rest p.m. Of or four thirty p.m. Four p.m. Okay. We this album, the first one, was nominated for two San Diego Music Awards. That's right. I did not win. You did not win. But isn't that better? Because no, it's better. I, mean, I don't. I don't remember thing. Subdivisions winning a Grammy. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jethro Tull beat him up. You know, I, it, I, gosh, I had this opportunity to be in a Rush cover band, and for oh some fucking God. reason, it never happened. This guy called me up and he's like, "Because you can't play drums." No, I could play keyboards though. Okay, it was for keyboards. Wait, okay. So there's a Rush cover band. It's not a three piece. You were just gonna play keyboards. 
we were gonna do it where I just played the keyboards and then there was three other dudes. No, I no, know. No, 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 no. <laughs> Scott. No. I'm sorry. I'm putting my foot down. It would be so hard. I mean, you'd have to have like a double neck and the keyboard in front of you. Yes. That's right. That's what you do. I'm so glad you like Rush. I was worried that you would hate Rush, Scott. Very, I'm, very happy. I do not hate Rush. I love Thank Rush. You. Good. I'm very, very happy about that. I'm a huge Rush fan. Huge. huge. You know, I, I, it was kind of amazing the people that came out of the woodwork for this record just because of the title. It was like all these old white men that were like, so you're a Rush <laughs> right. fan. You're the only female Rush fan I know. Yeah, Steve Malcolmus loves the title. Steve Malcolmus? <laughs> yeah, Malcolmus Malcolmus loves the title. Did you talk with him? Yeah, he told me. He's like, uh, have you heard that new Tomorrow Burke record? It's called <laughs> The Restless Dreams of Youth. I just think it's the greatest title ever. I'm going to go cut my hair. Oh, my God. You're a comedian. Yeah, or, sure. I did not know. It's hard to tell when you're kidding or not. Because you do know a lot of people, you could literally have sat with a bar with at a bar with him and had this conversation. I literally I, could have, you could, but have, I didn't. But you did. No, I did not. So how is the tour, Scott? It's um, it's, it's good. We did three shows in Florida. We haven't been to Florida in like four years, and it was great. But yes, uh, I, it's it's not normal out here yet. So mm-hmm. uh, and you know you've got. A looming recession. You've got a lot of things. It, it's tough. It's it's not easy. Yeah. How much longer are you out for? Um, uh, out till the eleventh. So we're almost. Oh, done. You're almost yeah. done. Yeah, okay. we've got two nights here in Charlotte, which is fun to just camp out a couple nights in Charlotte. And aren't you a tourist too? We're both tourists. Yeah. Yeah. That's right, because our birthdays are coming up. Yeah. When's your birthday? Fifteenth. Fifteenth. I remember that about you. I got, I got I, five days earlier than you. Yeah, and Pete Townsend's the 16th, and I'm wearing my hoosh here. I, I saw that. It's I nice. met him for a second. What did he say? Like, Hello. Yeah. <laughs> that was literally it. <laughs> but I was so starstruck. I was like, because I was introduced to him by Ron Nevison. That's a whole fucking story. <laughs> yeah. Do you even know that story? Do you no. know about me recording a rock opera with Ron Nevison? Oh, no. Vaguely-ish? Oh, oh, oh. What was the name of that band? Don, it was Paradise. Paradise, okay. And it was the... the, the Dawn of The Paradise. second or the third Paradise the record? Third. That was the rock opera. Okay, the third yes, one. Yes, yes. So you guys so, called him up. We called Ron and you're like, Nevison do you at- still make records? And he's like, well, yes, I do. Yeah, yeah weirdly. And yeah. he lived in Hood River. It was the Hood best experience. River? Hood River, yeah, which is like in Washington State. And um, That's where Gabe the- is from, actually. That fucking record sounds so great. Yeah. Like, I... I it, it, it's it's sick how how good it sounds. Yeah. And it was the one of the best recording experiences I ever had. But he was so great to work with and 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 the who was coming to portland during the time that we were recording that album and he's known pete forever because he engineered quadrophenia oh my god mm-hmm. and he told us the best stories by the way about all that shit but so pete 
gave him tickets, guest list tickets, and we were on the guest list. It was awesome. crazy. And, and then he was like really, really wanted me to meet him and just feel like he could do that for me. It was so right. sweet. And then, um, and so I was, I was ushered downstairs and, and that was it. It was literally like, he's like, um, this is, <laughs> this is my friend Tamar. I'm working with her on an album. She's a musician. And he said, hello. Hello. Said, hello. hello. <laughs> literally, that was it. <laughs> oh, but I didn't care. I was like, ah, you know, it was just so cool because he's such a hero, you know. But so, um, em yeah. Eminence Front or Athena? Neither. <laughs> Come on. I mean, if I had to choose one. Athena, if I had to choose Athena. I'm so glad to hear you say that. Yes, because these I two are Eminence Front guys. No, Eminence Front is one of the worst songs written. <laughs> It's not. It's not one of the worst songs. It is mm. a put on. It is a. <laughs> but I don't know it is how a bad put on. It is. It's, Wait, Scott, are you saying you're an Athena guy? I kind of am an Athena guy. Yep. That didn't come out when we talked about this. Well, Blake and I, we were DJing once upstairs at uh, Shuba's, and I had just learned how to like loop stuff on Serato, and so I looped that down. And I got it yeah. perfect. And I was so proud of myself. And I was like, let's go downstairs and get a couple of drinks. Left. Came back a half an hour later. So now everyone's looking at us like they're ready to kill us. We're like, what's the problem, everybody? But no, Athena. Athena is such a weird song. I, such I, a I weird song. It. It has, at least it has like a melody and some interesting lyrics. But what are the lyrics? Because we can't figure it out. Is um, it she's a boy she's a bum she's a what, what do you think it is Gabe? sing sing it she's a bomb she's, she's a bomb she's the bomb she's she's yeah she's just and, a girl she's a bomb but wait a minute <laughs> long live rock mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. you don't like that song N no thank you no i don't like it there was i don't usually like songs with rock in the title i know and it's such a period of time that was just so bad and, <laughs> And I love the who, I forgive them, but you know, the later years, oy, oy, oy. and like what <laughs> happened to what, you know, to what's his name on drums after being such a cool drummer in the small faces. And then he Kenny? turned into like Kenny, some, Kenny, some fucking robot. He turned so boring and his drumming Why, in the small faces he wasn't, is so good. He was never. Yeah, but he did. He was never John Bonham or Keith Moon. He was always mm. just. Like the people Nobody, in the faces, they want everybody wanted people from the faces to be in their band because they were fun to drink with. They were fig dish basically, and they wanted the small, everybody in their band. But he played way more loosey goosey in the small faces. Might you know. the fault lie in the stars of Pete Townsend because he just tired of trying to make these songs, and Keith Moon is going all over the place, and he's like, I just want somebody to play the fucking beat that goes along. The uh, the sampler synthesizer yeah. thing that I yeah. got going on, and also because Pete recorded everything himself, including the drums. Um, at that point, maybe he was just like, "Just play what I played yep. on the demo." He just so wanted I, to go along with the sequencer. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. But um, so I want. I was gonna. I had one question, which is like, what? I mean, I feel like. Uh, I liked all your music, but I really think like the the new the two new solo albums are fantastic. And like, do you have a role model for somebody who has who has been making music as long as you have and sort of 
coming up with their best stuff. Like, <coughs> yeah, yeah. I'm talking about people outside of the, the podcast do, right now. But but this is this is not this is not fucking around. I do admire you so much, Scott, because you know you have to have a strong belief in yourself to keep doing what you're doing and love what you're doing. But you I believe there's a Jewish to, word for it called chutzpah. Chutzpah. Yeah, you that's know, Italian. I think, <laughs> is it? I, no. Okay. All right. I think Fuck about I, I think about role models and um I I I really don't know because on the one hand I could look at some artists that have been around so let's take Fiona Apple for instance, okay? Take her. I please. do do admire her. I love her. And I listen to her art her kind of art piece that she just recently put out and it was incredible. Now, would I listen to it? No, I listened to it one time. And I listened to it one time just because I wanted to hear. Um, and um, and I really admired, I was like, wow, that's just cool. But I'm not gonna listen to it right. anymore. Right. But she's doing what she wants to do right. and she's being really true and honest to herself. Um. So that's one person I, I, I would think of. If I think of other people, like I kind of sadly like don't don't really have anyone that's, you know, I mean, somebody like Lana Del Rey puts out so much music all the time. She's so prolific and she's so young that I, I do have to admire that. And, and just, you know, she just has mountains and mountains of music and lyrics that it inspires me to to, to do that too. Yeah. And I guess who else? What, what, what were you thinking, Ben? What were you thinking? Well, no, it was a legit question because I feel like people are telling you and maybe you feel the same way that you're making the best music of your career. Definitely. Right yes. And, I and I'm like trying to is. think of of other artists who've been around as long as you have that are be, that, that have been told. <laughs> well, I don't know if my situation is so con so black and white because I didn't put anything out of my own since Starball. Right. So I was in many bands. I mean, Paradise put out three records. The Pinnacles put out two records and a bunch of singles um yeah but you gotta take ownership for some of that for god's sake oh yeah yeah well paradise i wrote a lot of the stuff on that yeah, those those albums but it's different when it's your name like right right you know like i don't know how you feel scott but you know scott lucas and the married men there's a different persona that you have and, and responsibility with your name being associated with it than local h like local H has a thing. It's still you. Yeah. Um, but when it's like Scott Lucas, you know, yeah. um, it's different. So, yeah. you know, it sort of takes a little chutzpah, if you will. Yeah. But it's still, it's everybody knows that the buck is still going to stop with me. So if something right. sucks, they're like, it's your fault, buddy. Everybody knows <laughs> that, you know. But then also, you know, you've got your audience and your audience has grown up with you in a lot of ways. Well, so you are still speaking. You weren't at the show you, last night. <laughs> you were at the show in Jacksonville. Nobody's grown up. But go ahead. Le, but are, are you, are you uh, got a lot of young kids now? I no, I got a lot like, of mental. Arrested development. Yeah, I got uh, a lot of mental deficiency, <laughs> shall we say. 
<laughs> do your fans listen to this podcast and realize that you're calling I hope they positions? do. And I hope the motherfucker <laughs> last night that I had to take the task listens Uh-oh. to this today. What happened? Did you knock someone out? Uh, if I could have. If I hadn't already broken my hand against somebody Maybe else's head the other night. they were just obsessed with you and loved you. Maybe they were just like, had like posters on their wall and like dreamt about you. And it was what, their one moment. What kind of fantasy are you spinning over there? <laughs> well, you know. Uh, you know, yeah. people are weird. People are fucking weird. They, so, I, 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 I concur. I, I, there I could agree. be some kid's room, some adult or adult arrested development room with just posters of Scott Lucas all over it. You don't know. Yeah, don't. with my face put on a bunch of pictures of Jodie Foster. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> okay, that's really weird. Jodie Foster. Why her? Why? Are you kidding? <laughs> no, I mean like... Where did oh, that come from in your Why did John Hinckley get into Jodie Foster? Oh, the Jodie Foster. Okay, got it. Got it. But there are so many more. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, thank you for asking that, Ben. Well, because, thanks for yeah. coming on. You've been a Yay. goddamn delight, as usual. I talked a lot. But I was, I was thinking that I should. You should, because <laughs> yes. Gabe, Gabe's not <laughs> chiming in. You listen no, to I'm our older sure. shows, you're like, nobody's, these guests don't have anything to say. How about a question? How about how about the only question I could think of today? Because I had to, I had to. It's too late. Think yeah. Very start, but it's not too late. I, I mean, I've already, you, I've already decided where the end of the episode is going to. It's all right. We can cut it and put it in the middle. Okay. Do any of your students? Because uh, yes. you, you teach, do they know what you do? Do they, do they talk to you about yes. your music? Yes. How does that work? Sometimes they, they will. I, I, I saw your TikTok. <laughs> or I watched your video. Your I liked TikTok. your so weird. I liked your song. What's that about, Mrs. Bur- Mrs. Burke? Mrs. Burke. You know what? What's that song about? What's Mrs. their Burke? favorite song? Well, I played them your permission, and I played them the lyric video because I thought they would relate to it because it was all these like TikTok filters. So you played the lyric video, not the piano video. Not the piano video okay. because I thought they would like relate to it. And they were like, this is kind of cringe. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I know. Okay, yeah. I know. <laughs> Why did I show you little assholes this video? Listen to you. You're like, get off of my lawn. You hey, are, you I are don't care. One of those. I told you. I told you you were nicer than I am. Gabe, you're going to oh. like this one. My kids about five Uh-oh. years ago started doing this thing where they, and I guess they got this at school. Uh, they started using the word merch in a way that I'd never heard it before. How do they use it? Like, they mean it as, like, truth. Like, somebody would say something, and then one of them would say, yep, merch, merch. Like, yep, I'm backing <laughs> like you up the... on that. Oh, weird. That's the way I feel about Gabe. <laughs> and you guys know Spill the Tea, right? You've heard Spill the Tea. Oh, yeah. yeah. Boy, I'm getting old. I don't know any of this stuff. And if you stand somebody, you know what stand? If you yeah. stand someone? Yeah, that's from yeah. Eminem, right? Yeah, but yeah. I didn't know that for a long time. I was like, you mean, and Tuesday's trying to explain, like if you stand somebody and you're obsessed with them, right? That you, yeah, that's such a weird one, right? And come such to think of it, a... I just got a letter from this guy the other day, and come to think of it, his Uh-oh. name was Stan too. Well, I stand you, Scott Lucas. Merch, you will. Merch, you will. I didn't do it. I didn't do that. Right. That was so bad. <laughs> Merch, Gabe, merch. Thank you guys for doing this so late, too. (laughs) And that it happened a little bit earlier. I appreciate that. Well, uh, Amy Mann canceled tonight, so. I know she's okay. I hope she's okay. 
She's fine. Come on, Amy. <laughs> well, she's no a painter sympathy. now. She's a fucking painter in the New York Times. They were yeah. like doing. Yeah, I'm doing sure she is. Thing. Must be yeah. nice. Must be nice to be a white woman <laughs> in these times. <laughs> I know. You think I could get away with painting from the New York Times? No. <laughs> no, it is kind of funny because sometimes Steve is like. Can I say that anymore? Yeah, like right. we'll just have a conversation. It's like, was that okay if I said that? I'm like, we have whole episodes about that. Yeah, yeah. It's like I don't actually know. Like, could I? Could we? Could I? I had it's... nightmares about last week's episode when we were talking about Gary Coleman. I was like, well, I have to get rid of that. You know, and I woke up. Yeah, but I heard a really awful story about him. So, fucking. His wife pushed him down the. Oh no, you're talking about. Uh... Molly Shannon. Yes. Yeah, yeah. On yeah. Stern. Yeah. He fucking yeah. sexually harassed her. So fucking. Well. Can you imagine listen, I, jumping I, on I, top of you? I adore Molly Shannon. And I think she's, there's nothing in my mind ever would she ever be, be outmanned by Gary Coleman. Like if, the way I no. see it, it's like she's like, she's like, okay, Gary. And she's like yeah. pushing him on his head and pushing him back like he's a fucking munchkin, which he was. Fuck him. Right? And she's right. just like, she's like, a crazy story. Oh, oh, bless your little stupid heart. But uh, I'm too much woman for you. Fuck off. You know what I mean? That's what Molly Shannon would do. She would but do that. I did hear that he was kind of a dick, though. I did hear that. Well, he's Even from back Zion. in the I went to high school. I mean, I went to grade school with him. He's from Zion. Of course, he's a dick. I tried to tell you that. I know that. You went to school with him. That's right. Oh, my God. That's right. He took my career. I was up for uh, the Sam Rowland different strokes. Oh, and I lost. <laughs> different Can I say strokings, that? Different stroking styles. Did we Maybe. cut wow. the Gary Coleman thing out of last week's episode? I didn't even realize we cut it out. Gabe... No, we didn't cut it out. Oh, okay, good. But I, I woke up and I was like, we should cut it out. And then I had to go to work. <laughs> we got all about it. But Gabe brings it up all the time. So I decided uh, that since Gabe's short, it's okay that Gabe brings yes, it up. I'm short so I can talk about how short Gary Coleman is. Right. I smell a Ben's bits, by the way. <laughs> Tomorrow we have this thing that doesn't make the episode. But Ben loves it so much, so he puts it together. So I think you've made a Ben's Bits just now. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, good. Well, yeah, as if your life couldn't get any better. Now you're on a Ben's Bits. All right. I love that. I Everything's coming it. up roses for you. Forget yeah, the two yeah. solo albums. You're not oh on a Ben's God. Bits. You're, you're be all a set. Huge star. Can I ask your permission to be someone else today? To say what I want to say in a different sort of way. Can I ask your permission to be the perfect wife? To have the perfect life? Just maybe not today. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, oh, oh. I've got that feeling. I've been here before.
Without caring what they say And let the drama play